you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Joshua chapter 4, if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me, if not, perhaps it will be on the screen, Joshua chapter 4, and I'm going to read several verses today, beginning with verse number 8 in Joshua chapter 4, and the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and they took 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan, and as the Lord had spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. I want you to get that. They took stones according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. They carried them over with them to the place where they lodged, and they laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there. And it came to pass when the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of the Jordan and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up unto the dry land that the waters of the Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all his banks as they did before. And the people came out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal. I want you to notice, read carefully with me as we're going through this. So after the miracle of the Jordan, they cross over they go and camp in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch at Gilgal. So there were some very deep importance to the stones and the location. This whole text is dealing with stones and locations. Twelve stones representing the twelve tribes of Israel and a location where they crossed over and where they camped. And this location is Gilgal. 
And of course, they built, Joshua pitched, or he built or constructed with these stones. He erected a memorial there so that the people would never forget that location. By the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you today, don't forget Gilgal. Don't forget Gilgal. Would you pray for the anointing of the Lord to rest upon all of us today as I preach the word of the Lord? Father, we ask for your anointing, your presence, and your power to be unlocked and unleashed upon your people as I preach the word that you inspired me with yesterday. And I pray, God, that it would come forth with anointing and demonstration of your spirit and that every heart in this house would be touched and that we would be called and drawn to you. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, don't forget Gilgal, and you may be seated. The first place Israel camped after entering into the promised land was a place called Gilgal. The heads of the 12 tribes of Israel met with Joshua at that same location at Gilgal. There they set up 12 stones, a stone for each tribe of Israel, thus the name of the place Gilgal. Gilgal literally means the circle of 12 stones. All through the Bible, we find where God's people erected stones as a memorial because they were to never forget a specific location. It was Jacob when he wrestled, when he got up and he left the place called Bethel. There the stone he used for a pillow, he set up for a pillar or a memorial or a monument so that he would never forget. The people of God were delivered out of the bondage of Egypt and they came through the Red Sea on dry ground. And when they came through the Red Sea on dry ground... There in the midst of the Jordan, there were 12 stones. There were 12 stones taken up out of the Jordan. And then they were built or cast or put together in this location called Gilgal. 39 times in Scripture, we find the mention of where the people of God were at Gilgal. They were at Gilgal when the great call came from the men of Gibeon to come and to save them from the five kings of the Amorites. The five kings had joined forces to overpower Gibeon for it was a great, great city, even greater than Ai. And all of the men there, the scripture said, were mighty. It sounds like CLC, where all the men are mighty. They were at Gilgal and this call came from these men. Although they were mighty, they still understood that they were no match for the unified forces of five kings, of five nations that were bent on taking their city. 
So with the wisdom that they had, they had built uh, an ally in the people of God. And so they called together the people of God. They called Joshua and they said, we've got to have some help here. They were mighty, but they knew that they were no match for these five nations that were coming together to take their city. So they called Joshua, and Joshua left Gilgal to fight against the wicked kings that were coming to overthrow their city. This is an important battle because this is the battle where Joshua commanded the sun to stand still and God responded to the voice of man. Joshua didn't just pray that the sun would stand still. Joshua commanded the sun to stand still and God, the first time you ever find in Scripture where God responded to the voice of man and did what Joshua said because it was for the betterment of his people and for the victory of God's people. And the Bible said that the sun stood still. Understand what I'm preaching to you today is that we all want sun stand still kind of power and kind of authority. But understand that the only way that these kind of sun stand still miracles happen is when God's people have been camping for a long season at a place referred to in Scripture as Gilgal. Gilgal was a place where every tribe had an altar. They brought out of the Jordan 12 stones and they cast them in Gilgal in a circle there. It was to a, a signification of the unified nations of Israel. They put the stones in a circle and they were to be a memorial, but yet they were also to be an altar. Gilgal was a place where every tribe had an altar. It didn't matter if you were from the tribe of Levi or the tribe of Dan or the tribe of Judah. There was an altar for you right there at Gilgal. I want to preach to somebody today and tell you that there ought to be a unified place where regardless what your background is, what your nationality is, what political persuasion you are, there ought to be a place you can come to that there is a unified altar. Regardless what your job description is, there is a unified altar at a place called Gilgal. And it ought to be right here in the house of the Lord. The altar ought to never be a place of division, a place of separation, a place of personal position and personal ideologies. But I come today to tell you that the altar is a place where the church ought to unify. The, the altar ought to be a place where the church comes together for a common purpose. And I present to you today that the only way 
that the church will ever see sun stand still kind of miracles will be because every one of us spend a season at the altar of Gilgal. When the children of Israel crossed the Jordan by the miraculous hand of God, they went directly to Gilgal. Before the sun stood still and the victory was won on the battlefield, Israel left Gilgal to go to battle. And when the battle was over, they didn't go about their merry way and say, well, thank God we won the battle and there's no reason to go back to Gilgal. But after they went and won the victory, they left Gilgal, won the victory, and they went right straight back to Gilgal. We ought to never get too far away from our altar. After God gave them victory, the Bible said that Joshua returned back to Gilgal. They couldn't get away from it. It was something that constantly drew them back. It was something that drew them. There was a drawing back to Gilgal because they knew it represented the place where God had performed miracles in their life at times before. I come to you today to remind you of some of the incredible miracles. I'm not saying that Gilgal is a specific address, but I do believe it is a location. It doesn't matter where you were saved on our Delph, at our Delphi Avenue building or whether you were saved at another church somewhere. It doesn't matter where you got saved. It doesn't matter where you came from. But what matters is that you have one common experience at an altar that I'm referring to as Gilgal this morning and that you never stray too far away from your personal altar. If you don't have an altar in your home, you ought to build an altar in your home. My altar is in a chair that I like to sit at. I turn around and kneel. Sometimes I just sit in the chair. I've worn the arms down on it. My wife ordered me a new chair. It'll be a new altar. It's not about an object. It's not about a location. But it is an experience that we must never get away from. Scripture records five times when Joshua returned to Gilgal. The altar ought to be a place of special meaning as it was to Israel. They came through the Red Sea. God performed the miracle. That was a special place. They spent time there. They would leave and they would always come back to Gilgal. There's something I'm trying to get through to the people of God today. There's something I'm trying to get through. Anybody remember the altar where you first found freedom? Anybody remember the altar when you first received your deliverance? Anybody remember the altar? Come on, let me see your hands today. I need a little crowd participation. Do you remember where you were? Do you remember the location? Anybody remember when you first found your freedom? I've had so many fond memories at my personal altar. A place where tears have been shed. A place with joy and breakthrough. A place where my burdens have been lifted. A place where my sins have been forgiven. A place where old things were passed away and all but all things became new. A a place where the burdens of my soul are rolled away. There are some places in life that are far too special for us to ever forget. 
And these places are places we need to go back to and revisit from time to time. It feels this morning that I need to say to some, somebody says, well, I need to go back to that location. I need to go back to that place. I'm not preaching this morning about a physical address. I'm talking about a place in the spirit where you get on location with God. It doesn't matter if we're locked down and it has to be in your home. It doesn't matter if we're assembling and you're in the house of the Lord or if you're listening online. You need to have a Gilgal experience today. You need to have an altar experience today. You need to go back to the place where the miracle of salvation first came into your life. You need to go back to that place where God first drew at your heart. You need to go back to that place where your first miracle happened. Because those places are far, far too special for us to ever forget. And we need to revisit them from time to time. I've shared with this congregation over and again, and I will again this morning, as I drive home to Texas, East Texas, to visit my family. While I'm driving to visit my family, driving right down on my way home, we drive by a little white building on the north side of St. Augustine, Texas. I explain to them where the old pine tree used to stand. My boys are even uh, were young enough, uh, to, to old enough to remember before they finally had to cut the big old massive pine tree down. It wasn't quite so large when I was a child. Under that pine tree was an old steel baptistry that they would fill with a garden hose. It didn't have any heat ran to it, but on a February Sunday morning, I walked down into the water with for baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That location is important to me. That experience is important to me. The tree's now gone. The church remains with a, 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 a very few members that attend there. And the old baptistry no longer remains outdoors and there. But we drive by and I tell my boys, hey, that's where it happened. That's where I was baptized in Jesus' name. We drive about 15 or 20 miles over into the country in a little community with just a few houses and more barbed wire than you've ever seen in your life with cows in the pastures of the Texas fields. And there's a little church that's sprung up in the middle of nowhere. I drove up there many times with my family, turned around in the parking lot. Some time ago, three or four years ago, we were driving through and it happened to be that the pastor and some elders of the church were there working. We got out out, walked into that building. I asked if I could go into the fellowship hall, which used to be the sanctuary. I walked down to where the serving bar is now, where they serve food, and I said, right here, guys, right here on this side, right in this location, this is the place when I was a young lad that I gave my heart to the Lord, and he filled me with a baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's an important place. One day that building may be torn down. One day those churches may no longer be in that location but there is an experience in my personal Gilgal that I will never that I will never forget my bedroom on Timberlane Drive in Buna, Texas where I grew up 
It was a place where I spent many days and many nights on my face before the Lord as a young person, as a young adult, as a lad praying and crying out to the Lord, asking God if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Here's my hands, here's my feet, here's my voice. God, if there's anything that you can use, use this guy. God, I'm humble. I'm before you. I'm broken. I may not be worthy, but here I am, oh God. I go back to that place. I still remember like it was yesterday some of the prayers where heaven reached down and touched earth in that bedroom where I was. It was my altar of of experience. It was an altar. It was a place that I still have to go back to. No, it's a thousand miles away. I found a new location, but I still go back to the same place in the spirit where I find a touch from the Lord. There are some places we just have to go back to. For a child of God, that place is the altar. For Israel, that place was Gilgal. Gilgal was a place of remembrance. In Joshua 4 and verse 19, the Bible said the people came up out of Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. They encamped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. In verse 20 it says, And they took the twelve stones out of the Jordan, and they pitched them at Gilgal. They came through the Jordan by the miraculous provision of the Lord. There were stones carried out of the Jordan and placed there as a memorial. When they went back to Gilgal, they remembered what the Lord had done for them. In this text is the same passage in which the Lord commanded them to do this. And here is why. He said, so when the children ask their fathers, what meaneth these stones? The fathers will answer unto them and will tell them, this is the place where the Lord brought us out. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, parents, if you don't have an altar, your children will never ask you what the altar is all about. But if you will build yourself an altar, the kids may not get it when they're young, but somewhere down the road, when the children ask their fathers, what meaneth this time of prayer? What meaneth this altar that you build? You're going to be able to tell them I was lost, but now I'm found. I was addicted, but now the yoke has been broken off of me. I was under the pressure and the load but now God has given me the victory that's why we need a personal altar people ought to ask you your children ought to ask you what meaneth this mama what meaneth this dad I need to know and you have an answer for them this is where the Lord brought me out They remembered the miracle of the Jordan. They remembered their deliverance out of the wilderness of pro, out of the out of the wilderness into the promised land. Child of God, let me say this clearly. I know that we have been doing the social distancing thing. And I know some that are too afraid to walk forward. Some think it's because we have cameras here in the front. Some thinks it's because of COVID. Somebody the other day asked me a question and said, Pastor, how long has it been since we have had a true apostolic breakthrough 
in our altar services. And why do you think it is that we're not having them? And it's been a while. We could easily use the excuse of COVID. We could easily use the excuse of social distancing. We could easily use the excuse it's because our first lady is going through a very dark trial. We could easily look for excuses or we could just be honest about it and say we're not building altars in our homes and we're not building altars in the prayer room and we don't come to church with our hearts set and fixed that there is going to be an altar before I leave this place today. Child of God, the altar ought to take us back to our place of remembrance. You ought to not be a stranger to the altar. If this altar you think is only for the guest, only for the sinner, and only for the one that's just trying to find their way, you are far wrong. There ought to be saints that run to this altar and go back to that place of beginning, that place called Gilgal. You ought to get back to that place a beginning, have a brand new first experience all over again. Gilgal was a place of remembrance. The second thing I want to point out about Gilgal is that Gilgal was a place of renewal. Joshua 5, verse 5 said that when the people came out, were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, so all those under 40, they had not been circumcised. In verse 9, the Lord said to Joshua, after that he performed the task that was set in at hand, this day have I rolled away the reproach from Egypt off you. Watch, watch. I'm going to try to be careful in how I approach this. So use your mind with me this morning. All of those, the scripture said, that as long as they were in Egypt, they were following the commandments of the law regarding circumcision. When they came out of Egypt, and now they are in the wilderness, everybody that was born in the wilderness did not follow the law of God. So when they got out the other side, Joshua had a task on hand. He had to try to help those that allowed the journey of life to get in the way of their obedience to the Word of God. Can I tell you today that regardless what happens in life, we need to get the kind of courage to declare that nothing is going to separate me from the love of God. I'm going to be obedient to the word of God. My worship is not going to be effective if I have to worship in a mask starting in January. 
My prayer is not going to be hampered. I am not going to be I am not going to lose my prayer life because I can't be in church four services out of a week. I this has got to become personal. We've talked about relationship. Now we've got to live relationship. You got to be able to live for God at home, build an altar at home, and when you enter into the house of God, you got to stop letting things and the journey of life prevent you from worshiping like you worshiped back last year. Come on, we got to do more than just clap about it. We got to get it in our spirit and declare, I'm going to build my worship back. I'm going to bring my prayer life back. I'm going to get back to the place where I was. When they did, the Lord rolled back the reproach. (laughs) You want to know when we're going to have a breakthrough kind of service? When we get back obedient to the same things we were obedient to back at the last awakening. See, we came through the awakening and we were living on a high in February. Revival services were happening and we were believing God for all sorts of things in our life. Then all of a sudden, they said COVID had come and people lost their mind. People got bogged down in fear. People ran to their home. They claimed they were praying, but they weren't really praying. They watched services online, but it does it's not a substitute for the commandment of God that said forsaking not the assembling of yourself together in the manner of some is so much the more as we see the day approaching I come today to remind somebody that we've got to get back to the basics of prayer, back to the basics of church attendance, back to the basics of faithfulness back to the basics of worship I'm not going to let fear keep me from coming to the house of the Lord and worshiping him. I'm not going to allow fear to keep me from building an altar of prayer and dedication and consecration. I need a little help. It was a place where their entire life was changed. God had provided quail and manna, but now the land was going to provide for them. You see, they understood that when they were going through the wilderness, God said, here it is. Here's your quail. Here's your manna. Get up every morning. Go out and collect the quail out of the trees and pick up the manna off of the ground. God fed them. Then he sent them to a land, and he said, in this location, this is where that I'm going to take you to. I'm no longer going to need to provide you manna and quail every day but now I'm going to allow the land to flow with milk and honey there's going to be grapes that are so large it takes two men to carry them out on a pole God is saying I've got a plan for you and when I get you there you no longer will live on a diet of manna and quail but now I'm going to let the land provide for you let me tell you what God I feel 
miracle that God is doing in this day that we are going through. This may be the separation. This may be the division of the wheat and the chaff. This may be the point where the Lord is saying there will be a great falling away. There will be those that leave. There will be those that go their own way. It may be the division of the wheat and the chaff of the last days, but there is always going to be a remnant and I believe that the remnant of God are the ones that always walk in victory. Whoa, come on somebody. I believe the Holy Ghost has sent a messenger to this pulpit today to tell you that God is wanting to do some things in your life. He's wanting to renew some faith in you. He's wanting to renew your prayer life. Renew your worship. Renew and take you back to the place that you used to be. Yes! Yes! Gilgal was Israel's place of renewal. 400 years of bondage was over. And now God would once again give his people the victory. Child of God, this altar is not just for the sinner, but this altar is a place of renewal. When you're cold and indifferent, you don't need to sit back and fold your arms. You need to run to the altar. When you're going through a dry season, you don't need to just post on Facebook about it and come to church and fold your arms. You need to run to the altar because the altar is a place of renewal. It's my personal gift. Gal, yesterday's touch may be gone. I need a fresh touch. I need renewal. I need something that will take me through next week and next month. And what I got last week isn't going to take me through tomorrow. I need something for today. I won't be much longer now. The third thing that I want to point to you is that Gilgal was a place of restoration. It was a place of restoration. Joshua 5 and the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. In other words, they went back and restored the, the celebration of the Passover. I fear that the church, if we're not careful, will lose some things during this season. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost so powerfully on me right now. I feel like the church, if we're not careful, we'll lose some things during these hours. During the darkness of this world, we'll lose some things. Somebody needs to make up their mind that when I get back to the altar, there's going to be some restoration that is going to happen in me. I know my foot may have well nigh slipped, but I'm going to be restored. I know my foot 
unfaithfulness has slipped but I'm going to get up and pull myself up by my bootstraps and get back to the house of the Lord. I know that my dedication to God may have slipped. My sacrifice may have slipped but there's going to be a restoration. I pray for the spirit of restoration to fall over this congregation right now. I pray right now that restoration falls. Gilgal was a place of Israel's Passover in the promised land. God restored the freedom that they had not known for 400 years. But they came as they were 400 years, generations past. People completely lost things. And somebody said, what in the world does all of this mean? Maybe in the last 200 years of the revival in America that the church really has lost some things during this season of blessing and season of plenty. And God has had to allow the church to go through some times of famine and some some times of scarceness and some times of struggle to get us to a point where we seek what we have never experienced before. I don't just want today's blessing, but I want to have the passion of what my forefathers had. I want to have the courage and the gumption to hold a church together on a front porch in Newton, Texas like my great-grandfather when it was just him and two or three old ladies. I want the courage of my father who walked on to a little small church with six old ladies and a couple of children and said, we're going to plant a church here. We're going to start a church here. And today a revival church grows there. That's the kind of courage that God's people need to have. We need a restoration of courage, a restoration that comes through the altar. It's not going to happen in your dance. It's going to happen at your altar. Revival's not going to come through our music program. It's a great blessing to us, but revival's going to come through our altar. Hey, it's not going to come through a program. It's going to come through the altar. When the church gets back to the altar, revival is going to come. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Come on somebody CLC. We got to make up our mind. I got to have the restoration that comes from the altar. Is there anybody that wants to get back to Gilgal? A place of your first deliverance. A place of your first freedom. A place of your first victory. I got more preaching to do, but I'm going to stop right here because I feel the troubling of the water. Somebody in this house ought to already be in the aisle. You ought to already be walking to the front of this room. I'm making up your mind that I'm going to get back to the place where I first found the Lord. I'm going to get back to the place where I first, that first touch came. I'm going to get back to the place where that first anointing fell on me. Come on. You don't have to have music pushing you. You don't have to have a chair leader cheering you. Somebody ought to have a breakthrough. Somebody ought to speak in tongues afresh and anew. Somebody ought to find the victory you haven't found in a long time. Come on, it's not your neighbor you got to worry about. It's not your friend you got to worry about. But right now, let's build a personal altar. Let's build a personal altar. Come on, there's room here in the center. Come on forward. Make room for everybody to get up close here in the front. There's room for everybody. Let's build an altar. Let's get back 
we're going back to the place where the angel of the Lord is going to show up and do battle for us. We're going to find power that can only be found at an altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice in prayer right now. Fire at my altar. Build your altar out. right now. Fire at my altar. Never burn out. Come on, build your altar. altar build your out. altar right now. Make me a house of prayer. Everybody in the fire house. Fire at my altar. Never burn out. Fire at my altar. Never burn out. May the fire of my altar. Never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. Fire of my altar never burn out. Fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire of my altar never burn out. The fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. Make me a house. Make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Come on, right where you are. Make me a house of prayer. Build your personal altar. A house of prayer. Seek the face of God. Lord, seek the face of God. Make me a house. Seek the face of God. Make me That's a it. house of prayer. That's it. That's it. Oh, Lord, make me a house. God, I gotta have you. Make me a house of prayer. I gotta have you. A house of prayer. I need restoration. I may need may the renewal. fire of my altar never burn out. Fire of my altar never oh. burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Fire of my altar never burn out. Fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Fire of my altar never burn out. Fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Fire of my altar never burn out. 